Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I was thinking about um, Pastor Mark. He is going to minister at a conference. In fact, I'm going to the same conference, but he had to be there early to prepare. And uh, he's been teaching on uh, identity. He, uh, I was gone last Sunday, but um, I was sitting right there last the week before, and this was his third message on identity. And I think he's even got into the whole identity part. He, he's just setting us up, but it's, it was so good. I looked at Ashley, Pastor Ashley, and I said, holy mackerel, this guy's he's preaching above his pay grade. And he'll tell you the Holy Spirit's giving him stuff as he goes. And it, it, I don't. I I I just. I looked at my wife. I said, "I can't ride. I'm just. I got to go back and listen and take notes off the the podcast. It, it's so rich. It's just so rich." Um, he talked about the Book of Ephesians. And the the first three books talks about who we are, and the the next three books talks about what we have. That's. I never heard that. I've been to Bible school. Now I probably they probably said it. I just I didn't have ears to hear. You understand? Listen, y'all grew up, and your mama said you hear me, but you ain't listening. We, Jesus said, "He that has ears to hear." Uh, and and Pastor Mark said this. Um, I never heard anybody say this. He said that there is no way under God's green earth that a minister can come up here and minister the word and minister to everybody. Where they are in life, all their faults, all their challenges, their ages, their mental age, their spiritual age, all the processes they've gone through, all the hurts, all the fears, all the brokenness, all the addictions. There is no way a man can come up here and minister to you and you and you and you except by the anointing of God. I wouldn't, you can forget it. I wouldn't come up here. I had. Somebody said, did they pray for you? I said, yeah, they prayed for me this morning. He goes, would you want, yeah, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Pray again. And he's anointing me with oil and praying. I said, I prayed three times. Amen. Because it's the anointing. And and I I never really heard a preacher say it once again. They probably did. I just didn't hear it. But I realized something. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Pastor Mark is teaching under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And he's a teacher. That's, That's his gifting. I'm not a teacher. I, I, I want to teach. I can teach. The anointing comes on me to teach. I've done it. Somebody said, you're a teacher. I said, no, you just caught me on a good day. I'm not a teacher. I'm, a, I'm an exhorter. I'm an evangelist. I'm a proclaimer. I, I like to shout. Now, I've seen that come on Pastor Mark. I get nervous when it comes on because I mean, he's fixing to, he's fixing to hurt somebody. You, you, you know Mark Brady. You, y'all know him well. Um, this is Meredith Kreiner. This is Marcus. Y'all remember Marcus, the guy that jumps around, acts crazy on stage. A wonderful worship leader. One of the finest worship leaders I've ever met. Well, this is his wife. She's taking care of the kids for Mark and Ashley. I saw, I saw her walk in. I said, there's a woman in there that looks just like Meredith. That's crazy. And I found out it was her. Anyway. Anyway, um, and you may have seen this, but when he comes... When he starts preaching, you better back up a little bit. Take two steps back. And he's a little guy, but he can get crazy. Anyway, I enjoy watching him preach, but I, I, his, his gift is a teacher. And if you've never been under, set under a teacher. And I can just tell you my, a quick story. We, um, 
we were attending another church here in town, and uh, we had ministered for Pastor Mark. And uh, my son was working at Starbucks at the time, and he had his Starbucks out. But he goes, I can't go to church today. And I was like, no, you're going to church. He goes, well, by the time we drive all the way across town to church, i got to be at Starbucks at like 1145. I was like, well, we'll go to Anchor Faith. It's right over here, right off the exit. It was when they were at the old location. And, uh, and my wife said, are you, you sure? I said, well, I want him to go to church. And if he'll go to church there, we'll go there. So I show up at the church, and Pastor Mark goes, you're not preaching today, are you? I mean, you didn't think you were preaching, did you? No, 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 I'm not preaching. I, I came to be in church with my son. I explained. Well, my, my son got up, went to work, and he said, man, it was really good. So we get in the car that day, and my wife says, we're supposed to be at this church. And I went, I was thinking that too. I thought that was just me. And you had this weird thought, and I go, well, we better pray. Because if you're thinking that, and I was thinking that, that might be God. Sometimes we don't think alike, husband and wives. So we did. We prayed, and then we went and told our children. My, my daughter's a youth pastor at this church, and then um, my family went to church there, and um, I've ministered at this church quite a bit. And we went and met with the pastor, and we just told him. We heard the Lord say that we're supposed to be at this church. He goes, and you need, to, you need to go. If that's what the Lord said, that trumps everything. In fact, he said, but we want you to preach before you leave. We want to lay hands. We want to send you out. That's pretty good when you just go to a church across town. Amen? So we did it the right way. We didn't. We weren't mad at nobody, and we, we went and met with the pastor and his wife, and, and they let me preach, and we 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 came over here, and and um, and we know we knew when we got in we were supposed to be here. It was just a, so you know everybody may not supposed to be here, but you just obey the Holy Ghost, Amen. All right, you. I won't charge anything extra for that story. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We've been talking about Pastor Marshman. Once again, I'm not a teacher, so I got a couple of verses I felt like the Lord had dropped on my heart. Then we got some things we're going to do today. I have a, a special guest with me today. Uh, Jesse, your sister that you don't know. Uh, Shelly. Shelly ministered here on a Sunday morning. Um, I don't, was that a year ago? A year ago. It was a year ago. Wow. Maybe we're working in cycles here. Hallelujah. And then we also had her come do a Sunday night service here for the youth, and it ended up being more adults than youth. We had packed the place out. That was pretty well right in the middle of COVID, and we had a – it was one of these deals where y'all got to go home. We're flashing the lights. It was like the bar. You know, last call for the word. We're closing down, baby. We couldn't get people to leave. They laid all in the floor. I mean, they looked drunk. Somebody thought we were serving alcohol. Uh, it was a where, where's Ken Register? Is he here? He may not be here today. Ken was uh, she did the baptism of the Holy Spirit altar call, and Ken was the first one down. I said, "This is a ch children's ministry or youth ministry," and Ken he was acting like a child. He ran down front, start. She laid hands on. Him. He started speaking in tongues. This guy's a doctor speaking in tongues in the front. You know, acting drunk. Anyway, Hallelujah. That's a good thing. They're not drunk as you suppose. Amen. They are filled with the Holy Ghost. We need an upper room experience. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read a scripture. It's over in, in uh, I may say this wrong, Philemon. 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 That's how they say it in Jamaica. Philemon. I say Philemon, okay? I'm, and I'm not a Greek scholar. It's all Greek to me. Hallelujah. It says, in, uh, this is a letter to a, um, a brother in the Lord from the Apostle Paul. And, and, and uh, I like what he says here. It's a kind of an accountability thing. He's got, he says it's from uh, Timothy, and it's from him. And he's writing to Philemon, just to give you a little background. It's only, there's only one chapter in this book. But he has met this, this slave that had run away 
And he's in prison with Paul, who's in jail. He's in Rome. He's in a Roman jail. And he's in jail with this former slave of Philemon. And slavery was legal then. You know, it's, it's, nothing's changed. They, they had the same issues we had. And um, he's writing him a letter, and, and he's trying to talk to him about letting this guy, letting him free, you know. He's, he's, he's beseeching uh, Philemon to, and, and it, he makes it accountable because he writes it to, if you'll look in here, it says, To my beloved uh, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Ephia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. So he's writing this letter. I guess Philemon had a house church. So he was maybe a pastor. And he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Now he's praying for this guy. I think he's setting him up for he's fixing to challenge him. But the point I want to get to is verse 6, but we'll get there. Hearing of your love and your faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That's where I wanted to get. Verse 6, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. I don't know about you, but that jumps out at me. I, I don't know about, Craig, I want my faith to be effective. I want the sharing of my faith. I think the King James says the communication. The communication of my faith. You know, we want to communicate our faith. And somebody says, oh, you know, I just think it's a personal thing. Now listen, if you're living your life right, anything you do should communicate your faith. If somebody says it's going to be a terrible day, I said, no, it ain't going to be terrible. It's going to be a good day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Just quote a scripture. I don't know what to say. Say what he says. Say the word of God. Amen. What did Joshua say? Let your word not depart from my lips. And there's tons of scriptures on confession and what you need to be saying. I, I like Jesus. Every time the devil came after Jesus, he didn't say, I'm Jesus Christ. Back off, fool. Didn't you hear that word from God over there when the heavens opened up and he, when he baptized me? And he wasn't bragging on himself. He just kept saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. He whipped out his sword, the sword of the Spirit, the word of the Lord. And the devil got tired of hearing the word. The devil will get tired of hearing you quote the word. And he'll leave you too. He'll get fed up with the word of God. And that's what I want him to do. I'll be like a broken record. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. Shut up, devil. I'll keep saying it till you leave. Amen. Anyway, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of... How does it become effective? Just keep reading. By the acknowledging or the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Folks, I tell you, the church, the American church, we just worms. We're going to make it. If we just hold on for three more years. Oh, COVID. Oh, what's going on? We're watching. We get our message. We, we quote CNN instead of the Word of God. I'm Pastor, Frank, I'm Pastor Mark got on that the other day. He, he was wheeling and dealing. I said, he's, he's bloodying us up. Jeez. Somebody had to take a break, pass out band-aids. He was, he was, and it was, I could tell, he don't, he don't do that all the time. He was teach preaching, and he was preaching more than he was teaching, and it, okay. There was a woman, uh, I, I was at a funeral, this is crazy. This stuff, you can't make this stuff up. I was, I've never, I've never even been, I've been to Sacramento once. I was at a funeral there three weeks ago. And I took my son up to Reading, who's going to Bible school there. I, I just drove to California, just got back Thursday night. 
drove to California. He said, what part of that stupid do you not understand? Well, he had to have his car, and he had to get out there, so I drove him out there. Uh, thanks to Caleb, he patched the car up pretty good. We made it, and uh, we uh, I flew home. But I was there, and and uh, I met this pa- this pastor's brother who was from Michigan, and he just calls me up. Well, Sunday was two weeks ago. Shelly, and he says, hey, I'm in I'm in Fort Myers. I'm going to come up and come hear you preach. I said, well, I don't preach. I mean, I do preach. I'm not preaching tomorrow, but you'll love my pastor, so come. So he came and checked in a hotel late Saturday night. He was I don't know if y'all noticed that. He was sitting there with his wife. She, she's battling cancer. She said, the other one was jumping out of her seat. That was two weeks ago. Preach it, pastor. Preach it. Her husband was pulling her back. I said, let her go. Let her loose. We went out and had lunch afterwards. I just, they just blessed me. They were a blessing. And um, you never know who you meet or what you're running into. But you know what I'm saying? Glory to God. But it's, 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 that, it's who you are in Christ. And that's what, I, I don't know how long it's going to take Pastor Mark to finish it. I don't care if he goes to Christmas. Because there's a bunch on him. There's a bunch in the Bible about who we are in Christ, what belongs to us in him. In fact, um, the, uh, the King James Version says that the, commun- the communication of your faith. Paul's prayer is that Philemon's faith becomes productive in loving service and effective witness through his fullness in Christ. The acknowledgement of every good thing is both a reminder of our riches in Christ and resources in the Holy Spirit. And a, a charge to engage and apply those benefits. Folks, you don't know the benefits. You can't apply what you don't know. You know, you get, you get these credit cards, you got all these benefits. Well, what, what, if you do this, you, and there's a lot to keep up with. But there's some, I know people, they milk the system, brother. They just, they take it full advantage of that card. They know when to do it, when not, when... That's too much work for me. I'll have to somebody to administrate that for me. But every born-again believer already has the faith of God. And the possession of faith is not the issue. We don't need to beg God to give us more faith. We need to learn to release what we already have. That's what this verse is addressing. The word communication means to release. It's a transferal. It's a transmission of our faith. we got to be transmitting our faith. Um, one of the girls here, Grace, was showing me a video last night of the of Family Feud. Steve Harvey is getting ready to do this. This a second part, the second game where they do this thing. They got to name off things, and it came. I don't know how they do that. I don't watch Family Feud, but this woman says, "Hold on a minute before we start." Now help me out. How does it go? Activate, Holy Spirit. Activate, Holy Spirit. Did anybody see that? You saw it. That girl's laughing. She saw it. You had to be there. So last night I was going. Every, I was just walking around. I was saying, "Holy Spirit, activate, Holy." So Steve Harvey goes, I've been doing this show 20 years. Ain't nobody ever done that. And Steve Harvey can get a, he can get a spiritual gear going. You know what I mean? He looks over and he goes, just hold on to that. And then he gets ready and they do it. And he goes, he goes, now you can hit it again. Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> and I was like, and she won $25,000. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It got activated. Somebody say amen. So we want to activate what's inside of us. Amen. Stir up the gift of God on the inside of you by the laying on of my hands. You know, there's a lot of scriptures that we just, man, I don't, I, I remember when I started really learning the word of God, I was like, man, I never heard that in my church. And I said, did they rip that page out of our Bible or did they just not, they just skipped over that? You know, listen, I, I get it. I don't preach what I don't understand. I'm not going to do that. I'm, we mess you up, mess a lot of people up. If you don't know the answer, don't raise your hand. Just act like you don't know and get some, ask somebody that does, you know. When you've done all you know to do, you need to know some more. Amen? 
So anyway, we're talking about transmission, communication. I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying here because I want to get somewhere. Um, he's talking about being aware of all the good things that are in you in Christ. Many of us Christians have, have bought the lie that there's nothing good in us. Now, the Apostle Paul did say in Romans 7, 18, I know that in me there is no good thing. And he qualified that statement. He said he was talking about the flesh. Of course, Christmas, you can ask my wife. She'll tell you there ain't no good thing in this flesh. Don't, just don't ask her. I mean, look, Matt's an awesome guy, but you could probably tell me some stories when he got in the flesh. And he might could tell some stories about you when you got in the flesh. But he ain't talking about flesh. He's talking about in you, in Christ. All the in Christ stuff. I like Mark Cain. He said, we've been in Christed. Amen? Not encrusted. Hallelujah. So he, he says here, he says, he was saying that that part from Christ, there was, that, that apart from Christ, there is no good thing. Apart from Christ, I'm in big trouble. Apart from the anointing, you don't want me up here. I think Charlie Cruz was saying, Lord, let him not say anything. Don't let, don't let Christmas say anything. Oh, I said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And just mark that off the board. But um, he wasn't, but he wasn't apart from Christ, and neither are we. Amen. There are wonderful things in us in Christ. Until we recognize all those things in our born-again spirits, the release of our faith will not be effective. When we begin to learn what has happened to us in the spirit, the effectiveness of our faith will increase proportionally to our knowledge. I like that. What we say will, will increase, and what we do will increase proportionally to our knowledge. Somebody says, I just don't see any change. What are you putting in? It ain't going to come by. You can't sleep with your head on the Bible. It don't come by osmosis. Amen? It's got to come by reading the Word. Faith cometh, Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing. Man, he, ta he taught on that the other day. That was a whole other realm of hearing and hearing. I, I, did y'all remember that? Was that two weeks ago? I missed last Sunday, so I'm going to go back and listen to that. But I went back and listened to the other two podcasts. Hearing and hearing. It, it, by your, it, sometimes we hear and we don't hear, but we need to hear, and we need to hear again. Somebody said, well, I, I've heard that before. What, have you eaten a T-bone steak before? You go ever eat another one? Yeah, yeah. You like fried fish? I'll never eat fried fish again. No, that's a lie. I want some more fried fish and some coleslaw and cheese grits and hush puppies. Am I getting anybody hungry? Hallelujah. We got to be hungry for the Word like that. Well, I've heard John 3, 16. Well, you need to hear it again. I'm going to quote it again today, and you're going to get something you never got. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's not about what we must do. It's about what we have been, has been done for us. And we're not talking about if you memorize no scripture, God will love you more. That's a garbage. That's like saying if the kids work harder, you'll love them more. You love that child. I don't care if he spits on you. Now, you might hurt him, but you love him. And don't ever forget that. that what you do doesn't change how he loves you. Now, now he's a good dad, I believe. Now, listen, you may have had a dad that don't represent what God is, but I'm going to tell you, God's a good God. He's a good king. Our, I've come up with a slogan, our king is love, because God is love. A loving king is a, that's almost, don't even make sense. We have a loving king. Because most people's idea of a king, oh, he's just telling you what to do. No, he's a loving king. That's a song. Don't tell Marcus, because he'll steal it. I looked it up. I Googled Loving King. It's nowhere. Whoa. Jeez, look at her. We're going to get rich on this one. Just on a little kickback, okay? Hallelujah. Because I don't write songs. Marcus probably needs it. Hallelujah. 
Google's amazing. Hallelujah. The words in Christ Jesus, in Christ, in Him, in whom, through Him, appears, and it, this is just a guesstimate, over, it's over 170 times in the New Testament. The words in Him, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, in whom, through Him, appears 170 times. That's at least 170 verses that we all need to memorize. In fact, uh, Kenneth Hagin's got a book, uh, Pastor Dad Hagin, who's in heaven now, has a book called In Him. I'd, I'd recommend everybody read it. He talks about, and, and Pastor Mark said, go back and pray those prayers, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, and Colossians 1. It's prayers that you can pray that will help you walk in those in Him realities. Because we, listen folks, I, I've, I've got, I know some grown Christians. I know some pastors that still say, now, if this offends you, I'm sorry. If you say this, I'm, don't, don't sue the church because you got offended. We're just sinners saved by grace. No, folks, I was a sinner. You can't be a sinner and be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I was in a, I was in a Bible study, grown men. And one of the guys says, we're saints. He goes, no, we're not. And this guy was Catholic. I understand that you got to get voted in or something. If you get your picture on the wall, then you're a saint. My, we don't need to be a saint then. We need to be a saint now because we're advancing the kingdom. When you get to heaven, you'll be a saint. Well, that's too bad. for. I bet the devil loves that. We've got all the saints in heaven. We ain't got nobody. All the ain'ts down here. The saints and the ain'ts. We were, and I, and this guy, and I'm telling you, it's kind of a, a it's almost, a, it's really pride to say that. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. First of all, it ain't in the Bible. Because you're not quoting the word. I don't know who you're quoting. But second of all, you're, if you got born again, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, somebody says, well, will you, will you do sin? I, I, I guess you can sin. I, I mean, I'm not stupid. I've gotten mad and said things I shouldn't have said. But I figure if you can go a minute, maybe you can do two. If you can do two, maybe you can get a pull off an hour. You know what I mean? If you can stay in a room by yourself and pray. But here's what I tell people. I can sin, but I'm not a sinner. And here's the way I explain This may not be a good example. I can paint, but I'm not a painter. You don't want me painting your house. If you got a big wall, and you might could start in the middle, I wouldn't screw anything up. But when you get close to the borders, all right, I got that. Chris, stop. My wife don't like me painting because I just mess everything up. I'm not, I don't do detailed stuff. You know, I'm not a musician, technical guy, just... I just want to throw the bucket up there, you know, just blow it up. Psychedelic. Anyway. In Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians alone, the word in him is, is 27 times. Hallelujah. Wow. I think I lost some of my notes. No, there they are. And then here's the scripture I wanted to get to. John 3.16. Everybody in the room knows that. You can, you can walk down the streets of New York, the prostitutes and the pimps know John 3.16. I, I'm telling you. But because I've been to England and I had a room of 120 teenagers in a room. Nobody knew John 3.16. Teenagers. Young people. 120. So there's a difference. It's called American Christianity. 
Not one child knew John 3.16. That's just like, you know, I mean it. I mean, everybody knows John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. You didn't even know that was in there. Will have life and have it more abundantly. Eternal life. In him. Folks, we got to know who we are in him. The first step of that process, you got to be in him. And somebody says, man, this sounds wonderful. How do you get in him? If you've been going to this church any amount of time, you, you started understanding the kingdom. And I'd really, I've been to Bible school and I've been to, uh, I've been in ministry for 36 years and I never really understood the kingdom. My thought, I, I'm an evangelist. You know, I tell people, if you die right now, where would you go? And I heard this one guy say, if you live right now, what would you do? I'm like, I need to change the way I think. Because this is not the escape hatch. Come here, get saved, get you some fire insurance, and go on to be with, plan, plan on being with Jesus. We're just living for the bell like a fighter that fell. When you leave, it's just as well because your heart's not in it if you're living for the bell. Amen? Somebody said they didn't believe in the resurrection until they watched kids at 3 o'clock at school. They all came back to life. Or how about you working folks at 5 o'clock? All your employees are half dead. Hey, it's 5 o'clock! Woo! That's how some people are going to do when Jesus gets ready to come back. I ain't, we, Pastor Mark said something the other day. He said, he said uh, what was it? He said, um, oh, we're just passing through this life. Hope we make it through. That would be like a soldier thinking he's in a, he's in a foxhole in Afghanistan. Somewhere saying, well, we're just passing through. Hope we make it. Or we, let's, let's back up and get out of here. Man, you don't, there ain't no retreating. We're going forward. We're taking, we're taking kingdom. And, and if you go back and read, Jesus said, you must be born again. He was talking to one person in the middle of the night. He said at one time in the middle of the night to one guy. Now, somebody said, well, don't we need to be born again? Yeah. You, how do you get born again? That's how you get in him. You're born into him. Somebody told me the other day, they said, well, I was talking to this woman, a witness to this girl, and she said, well, I'm not religious. I said, good, because this ain't a religion. This is a family. This is a kingdom. We're coming into, you come into a kingdom. We don't need, we ain't got time for religion. Christianity is not a religion. And it's not even Christianity. It's a kingdom. Jesus said, preach the kingdom. Go back and read it. It's the kingdom. Uh, uh, Colossians 1.13. This is a scripture that I started using uh, when I talked to young people or anybody about being in Him. Colossians 1.13 says, we've been transferred or we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of of His dear Son. We are, we are the beloved. Amen. You, you can come into the beloved. You're born again. You, that's, I mean, you're, you're born again, and that's how you come into the kingdom. Well, so I mean, how do you get born again? Well, you confess Him as King. You confess Jesus as King, as Lord. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Everybody say Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you, you, this is a must verse if you really want to be effective in the kingdom. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. What's saved? You'll be brought into the kingdom. For with the heart you believe and with the mouth confession is made unto eternal life. And somebody said, that's just too easy. I thought you had to work. No, 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 no. The work comes after you get saved. And it's not really work. It's already been done for you. The, uh, I like Andrew Womack. He said, 
It's already been won. The battle's over. But you better learn what belongs to you. The devil wants you ignorant. He wants you walking around like you don't know where you're going. Amen? We got to get wise. Now, I will say this. I've noticed that the grace of God, and Jerry, you've probably seen this. People that are young in the Lord, it's almost like God puts up with a lot more with him. And he'll, do, he'll show out. But he expects more out of you. And I, I've just explained like this. If my, if my two-year-old wet her pants, well, I'm, we, I don't beat the heck out of her. Two-year-olds do stuff like that. But if she's 16 wet in her pants, we've got an issue. You expect more out of them as they grow. God expects more out of you as you grow. I heard Brother Hagen talk about that with his son. He, he, his, he'd go to his dad. He goes, Dad, pray for me. He'd get healed every time. One day he had an ear infection. God said, I can't continue to heal him. He's got to get, he's got to get it on his own faith. I'll cover him for so long, but he's got, to, he's got to get it. And he said he got there, and they said, all right, pray. He had some kind of ear infection, and they said it would never heal. He got it overseas or something. It came back from some of the war veterans. It's some kind of seven seas disease or whatever. Anyway, he said, he said, do you pray? And he goes, he didn't know how to pray. He said, I will sit here all day until you pray. And he said, and he started praying because he'd heard his daddy pray. And then he started praying, and God healed him. So God expects you to grow up. Now, don't, don't let that scare you. Amen. I, I have seen that. I, I've watched God show out for people. Somebody stumbling in the door half drunk, come up and get healed. Somebody, I've been praying to get healed for 20 years. That person got healed. That's old drunk. Well, God don't expect as much out of the old drunk. He don't know Jesus. Amen. But see, people get, they get, they get upset. Like God's loving them more. No, God don't expect as much out of it, but he expects you to grow up. Amen. This, I didn't mean to get off on that, but I think you need to hear that. The Amplified Bible says, He has rescued us and has drawn us to Himself from the dominion of darkness. That don't sound good. If you're not saved, you're in the dominion of darkness. By default, somebody says, well, I just don't believe in God. Well, the other option ain't good. I've rescued you from the dominion of darkness and have transferred you to the or transferred he's been transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ we're seated in a heavenly place with Christ Jesus we're now citizens of heaven folks we are aliens in this earth it ain't going to get any better amen we're not of this world we're in the world but we're not of it and we got to be different this world needs somebody to stand up and be different amen now i want to read something to you i just found this yesterday on the internet this is interesting then we're going to pray. The transference of U.S. citizenship. The transference of U.S. citizenship, citizenship depends on three things. The first thing, this is, I got this offline. Some of you, you know, some, how do you become a U.S. citizen? At least one parent having the nationality of the United States at the time of the child's birth. That's the first prerequisite of becoming a U.S. citizen. At least one parent. Well, my Bible says in Matthew 23, 9, Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, and he is in heaven. Well, I got a parent in heaven. I got at least one parent in heaven. This ain't meant to be funny. This is, this is, I'm, I'm, you're going to see something here in a minute. The second prerequisite is the existence of a, oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. This gets good. I, about, I was running around my office yesterday. The existence of a blood relationship between the child and the U.S. citizen. That's the heavenly citizen. That's God. We already, we already made the statement. God is, 
He said, don't call anyone your father but me, and I'm in heaven. I said, oh, I got one in heaven. So he's there. And guess what? I have a blood relationship with my father through his son, Jesus Christ. And I'm not just going to make this up. I'm going to give you a scripture. It says in Ephesians 2, Ephesians, we're camping out there, 11 through 13, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens, we were the other alien. We were worldly aliens. Greetings, alien. Or greetings, earthling. Remember they said earthling. We were earthlings. We ain't, we're heavenlings now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants and of the prompt. Glory to God. Having no hope and without God in the world. In the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, Shalabalah. Woo! That'll make a sinner speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he says right here, number three, documentary evidence demonstrating that the U.S. citizens' parents present in the United States prior to the child's birth as specified in the transmission requirements table below. I didn't have time to read the table. But I, I got to tell you, I got some documentary evidence. It says here in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That's all the documentary evidence I need. Hallelujah. He knew me in my mother's womb. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. I want the band to come. Hallelujah. Because what we're going to do now, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to call some people to get in Him this morning. And you may say, I'm in Him. But you may say, this message just seemed kind of foreign to me. Well, if it is, you may not be where you think you need to be. The church I grew up in, it was, um, you know, they, 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 I'm not judging anybody. They just, they knew what they knew. They taught what they were taught. It's just been handed down through generations. But uh, I was baptized in water, and most of the people thought, well, I got baptized, and, and you need to be baptized. And, I, and I've come to understand that baptism is important. Jesus was baptized. But baptism is just a, it's, it's almost like circumcision. The Jews had to be circumcised. And then Paul came back and said, well, you, you need to be circumcised in your heart. So my thoughts are you need to be baptized in your heart. And I do, I believe baptism is a silly thing to dunk somebody in front of a whole bunch of people in water. But it's just to say, you know what, I'm going to demonstrate to the world that I've been buried with Jesus in baptism and I'm rising to the wall. The baptism didn't do anything for me. This wedding ring says I'm married. But folks, I know people that commit adultery with their wedding ring on. So you don't think a little bit slam dunking somebody in water is just going to give them eternal life because they got slammed because they thought, oh, I want to do that. Well, well, let's find out if you've been saved first because I didn't put this ring on until I looked my wife in the eye and I said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I commit myself only to you. And I put the ring on. So this ring is an outward sign. I can take the ring off. And my heart is connected to my wife. Ring or no ring. I'll sell the ring. Give the money to her, but this, but I, I, but I, 
I you know, it, we just, it shows I'm married. Well, baptism doesn't mean you've got a free ticket to heaven. It's, 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 it's of the heart. If you believe in your heart and, and confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. We, we go to a lot of places. And, man, I think, Shelly, we've been places. We've done altar calls in nursing homes. and I think we did an altar call in a phone booth one time. Jeez, I, I don't know. Just anywhere, family reunions. Uh, we, were at a, we were at someone's house. Uh, we just went to go visit these people the other night. Shelly was with me. And, and one of the young men got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost right there in their kitchen. And they're looking around like, did y'all plan on this? I said, we just was coming to see y'all. Maybe eat some chocolate chip cookies. You know what I mean? The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And righteousness is just doing right. Doing what God says. I, I tell young people, righteousness is the opposite of wrongness. It's just doing what's right. But when you're in Christ, you have been made righteous. Now, you might slip up and fall. Just get up, dust yourself off. And the Bible, you know, 1 John 1, 9 was written to Christians. If you confess your sin, but some people thought it was written to sinners. You got to confess all your sins. My God, we'd be here till Jesus comes back. Me thinking of everything I did wrong. It's under the blood. He forgot about it. I will not remember your sins. Now, if you do sin, confess it. He's faithful and just forgive you. That's written to the church, 1 John 1, 9. But here's what I ask people. I say, if, you, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity today. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I've wandered away. I'm like the prodigal son. I, I, I can just go ahead and tell you. And listen, folks, this is the safest place in the world right now today. This is it. And we're going to do, we're going to do something else in just a few minutes after I pray that's going to be the next level. Because if you, Jesus left and he sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus saved you, but the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. And somebody said, well, I thought you got the Holy Spirit when you got saved. You got the Holy Spirit, but you leak. Somebody said, if you'll go back and read the Bible, it says they were filled, they were filled, they were filled. Why do they keep getting filled? Because they leaked. We all leaked. You've been around this world a little bit. You, get, you don't just leak, you get it pulled out of you. You need to be constantly be being filled. I heard somebody say they spoke in tongues 25 years ago. Ain't done it since. Well, Apostle Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. That fool was wake, going to bed, waking up, sleeping, speaking in tongues in his sleep. You know what I mean? I, I, I will vouch for praying in the, in the Spirit. It's not meant to be going up and down the streets, praying in tongues, confusing people. It's meant for your prayer closet because you're speaking mysteries to God. But I'm gonna, I want to say this about the new birth. People say this. They say, I love God. Well, man, that sounds good. I mean, we love peanut butter. We love hunting dogs. We love fishing. We love Florida Gators. We love Georgia Bulldogs. But love is a commitment. When I say I love my wife, I didn't say, oh, I love her. No, you know what I mean? And then love is a commitment. And there's also people who say, well, I think I'm saved. I hope I'm saved. God, you don't want to. I think my car will make it to California. No, I, I, I was thinking that. We, I took my car to Caleb at 5.15 in the morning because my son's car sounded like it was going to explode. I said, son, I wouldn't drive this car to Lake Park, much less California. And Caleb has his shop open at 5.15. He's a good man. And my son said, that guy's either crazy or he's a really good man. 
And by 11 o'clock, we had a new air conditioner compressor. Oh, I needed that. So I didn't want to think I could make it to California. I hope I could. So when people say, I think I'm saved, I hope I'm saved, I said, you're probably not. That'd be like me thinking, I think I'm a man, or I hope I'm a man. Y'all would say, we're concerned with you right now. No, I know I'm a man. The Bible says, 1 John 5, 13, these things are written that we may know we have eternal life. We know we've passed from death unto life. You can know. Because there's people still say, you just can't never know. No. Ah! Help me. You just don't never know, Shaley. Help me, Jesus. I guarantee you, people that know me, they know Chris Musgrove has changed. What happened to him? Jesus, I'm in him. And then the last one is somebody said, well, I'm just one of those kind of lukewarm Christians. We don't even need to go there. Revelation says, be hot or cold. And somebody said, well, what, what, what? He said, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Somebody said, what's that mean? I always say, I don't know, but it can't be good. Hallelujah. So based on that, now here's what I like to say. I don't like to close our, I don't like to bow heads and close eyes. If you're going to get baptized in water in front of a whole bunch of people, you ought to raise your hand and sign up for it. And once again, baptism doesn't save you. It's just, a, it's just a, an outward sign of an inward work. Here's how I like to say it. If terrorists were coming in to Valdosta, Georgia, Lowndes County, Madison, Swanee, this whole surrounding area, and they're coming. They said they're going to be here in 36 hours, Steve. Would you bow your head and close your eyes and raise your hands if you're going to come help us fight tomorrow? You're not going to want, I'm not going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. I need you to look me in the eye, Charlie, and say, I'm going to be here to defend my wife and my kids if it means I have to die. But we're talking about the, in fact, I'll be honest with you, the decision you make today regarding your relationship with Jesus is bigger than going to war and dying. Because this is for keeps. We're not joining a club. You're not joining this church. You're not becoming a Christian. You're coming into the kingdom of God. You're coming into redemption. You're coming into eternal life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.